Good morning. Well, my name is Kevin Deming. I'm the pastor of ministries here, and I'm excited to be with you guys today. I remember back when I was in my college age years, my uh, dad brought something home that he was so excited about. Uh, it was a, a, a piece of art that he really was just couldn't wait to show us. Now, understanding a little bit about my dad is that he uh, loved to paint. Uh, he painted with oil paintings, and, and anytime you ever walked in to the house, there was always paintings on every wall uh, you could possibly find. He just loved art. And so I was a little taken back by this piece of art. He had, uh, he had that, put it up on the wall. And I, when I first looked at it, I was like, huh, what is that? And I was like, I can't really understand what that is or I don't know what, what it is. And so as he began to explain to me a little bit more about it, I was like, okay, that's cool. He said, he said Kevin, what this is, is this is what you call a magic eye picture. <laughs> Now, I don't know if any of you guys know what a magic eye picture is. If you uh, came through the 90s, it was especially a type of art that came out that was really good. But what magic eye pictures are is when you first look at it, it looks kind of like this blur and chaos and doesn't make any sense. But if you focus really well on it, you can see a 3D image coming out of it. Example, we'll show you a little bit what one looks like. So that's kind of what it looks like. Um, now, you're looking at that going, wait a minute here. Now, I do know, I came in here the other day to see if I could see it, and there was only a few places in here you might be able to see it. Some of the people up in this area might be able to. Uh, but if you've never done a magic eye uh, picture, it's difficult to see. Now, if you're online right now, you could probably look at it. I have seen it on my computer, and it's, real, it's easier to get. But my dad began to explain to me a little bit about how you see the image in there. So you kind of start off closer, and then you kind of pull back, and you focus beyond the picture, and it's kind of confusing. But I would spend, I spent days staring at this thing. In fact, I don't even think I ate for like three days because I was determined to see the picture in it. The one my dad had dolphins coming out. And I was like, I want to see the dolphins, you know? And it's like, which is difficult. This one has a picture of the world. And so if you ever go back to our Facebook page, you can pause it there and study it and see. I don't encourage you to just forego all activities for the next month until you figure it out, but, but if you, you, it might wanna take some time, but it's really cool to see that picture come out of that. By the way, did anybody see it in here? Okay, yeah, I noticed a few people up in the front area were able to kind of see it, so that's really cool. Um, so, so with that, I, I was like, all right, Dad, okay, I finally got to see it, and I was so excited about it. But I kind of look at the magic eye picture a little bit about how I look at our life. Often in our lives, we begin to look at our circumstances, what's going on, and, and we're so focused on the chaos around us that we can miss the beauty of what's actually happened in our lives. I, I think that there's so many times where we, 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 we're confused or we don't know, we're going through a hard time or a difficult time, and we can miss out on that, that opportunity of really seeing what God might be doing in the middle of where we're at. Now, this series here we've been working through is, is a series that, that talks about how, who God is. It's about knowing more about who God is helps us have a better perspective of Him. And the more we know about God, the more we trust in Him and the more we want to know about Him. And today we're gonna be looking more at the idea that God is a good God. And, and as I think about the bottom line and the main focus we're trying to get to today, it, it's, it's this. It's the idea that God's goodness isn't determined by our circumstances. It's God's goodness isn't determined by our circumstances. 
Now for us, this can be a hard concept that we wrestle through. In fact, I'm gonna tell you, you will wrestle through this to a degree for the rest of your life. Even if you understand this and embrace this, you still will have days you struggle. You see, there's that tension in our life of, of feeling like, all right, when, when everything is going good, that's because God's blessing me and he is good. And when everything's going bad, it's because I've done something wrong and therefore he's not blessing me. And we put God's nature and character based upon how we're doing rather than who he is. And what I wanna encourage us to look at is that God's goodness never changes. God's goodness never, never shifts. He's always good, even when our circumstances might shift. The other concept and idea behind this is, is that we want God at times to be a good and righteous God. We want God to punish evil. We want God to do those things. And so we have that tension of, all right, God, I want you to be this good God who punishes evil uh, when it's convenient for me, but I don't want it punished when I'm the one who's not doing well. And so we struggle with this tension and we deal with this. And one of the, the, verse, the verses we're gonna look at today comes from the book of Nahum. And Nahum is a minor prophet. It's actually the seventh book of the minor prophets. Nahum was a minor prophet around 600 BC. It was right before the fall of Nineveh. Now at this time, he, he kind of used this, this book was designed to help do two things. One, to show God is a good God who will punish sin. He will do that. But he's also a God who wants to, to, to embrace you and there's hope in that. And he was trying to give hope to the people of Israel and Judah and all the people that were faced with the cr cruelty of the Assyrians at that time. And so as we look at a couple of these verses, I want us to begin to wrestle with this idea of, all right, God, if your goodness is constant, how does my circumstances play a role in that? So let's look at Nahum 1.3. Says this, the Lord is slow to anger, but great in power. The Lord will never leave the guilty unpunished. All right, I like that to a degree. I can deal with that, okay, good, I, I wanna know. And so for, for the people at that time, they're like, thank you, God, for, for punishing them. They've been cruel to us. The issue is we see he's also slow to anger. That means it, this was hundreds of years of they were dealing with this before Nineveh actually ever fell and was dealt with. And then on the other side, as I mentioned too, it's that whole idea of, oh, okay, God, this is great as long as this doesn't apply to me, right? I don't, I don't want, I don't want this. I don't want you to deal with me because of the times that I'm not pursuing you. I'm not, I, I'm not living right. And so what we begin to do is we do begin to have this mindset of, wait a minute. So if I'm not pursuing you, that means that my life here today, the circumstances are directed by that. Well, that's not the case. God does deal with sin. And we'll talk about that a little later but not necessarily everything we do has to do with every bad thing that happens is because of something bad we've done. And we see as it continues in Nahum 1.7, the hope and the other side of this is this, the Lord is good, a stronghold in a day of distress, he cares for those who take refuge in him. What I love about this passage is it doesn't say the Lord is good, a stronghold, and uh, because there is no trouble ever. God recognizes that we will go through hard times. There will be times of distress. Other versions use the word trouble. The idea is that we're gonna go through hard moments and hard times. We're going to have those. And God is good, is there, he can be our strength in those moments. He cares for us, and so for us, we can lean on him in those difficult times times that we have. 
And so as we begin to think about that idea of, of our life and trusting in him, we begin to see, you know, we live in a world <clears throat> where we're going to have difficult, we're going to have hardships, we're going to struggle. It's not a question of if, it's more of when am I going through it? And for some of us, it feels like we're going through it all the time. You know, the old expression you ever heard is the idea of like, I can't wait to, to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. And then you get there and you realize it's just another train coming your way. And you're like, I can't, how do I get to the next day? And you feel like that, that's on you and that mindset. And so we know there's hardship. And so understanding that God is good does not mean that everything you have, you call it good. Sometimes we just, it's okay to say, this is a difficult thing. This is a hard day. This is a tough season. This is a tragedy. Those things are okay to say and, and what we're doing. And for us, as we're beginning to think about <clears throat> how does that play out in our life, I like to look at, at, at the Bible, at some of the, how it's played out in some other people's lives. When you look at the Old Testament, you can see people like Joseph in the Old Testament who went through a lot of different issues, a lot of different hardships, stayed consistent, stayed true to God. And in the end, uh, good things happened. But as he went through that season, it felt like he was gonna hit by one train after another, after another. You look at, at uh, Job and you see the same thing play out. I wanna take a look at another person in the New Testament, someone who was consistently passionate about uh, helping people know, know Christ, and that's Paul. Now, Paul was named Saul. He changed to Paul when, he, when he, he followed Christ. He placed his faith and trust in Christ. At that time, <clears throat> his name was changed, and so we see that he is someone who consistently pursued God. Now, you would think, okay, he loves God, he's pursuing him. That means, oh, he's got probably a great life. Good things are always gonna come. Well, uh, you know, he did write uh, credit to, to about 13 of the books in the New Testament. There's a question on a couple of them, but he wrote a lot of the New Testament. Part of that's what we use to shape how we become more like Christ and the way we live and the way we love by the things he said. So this is someone you would say, if anyone could say God's goodness is determined uh, by who he is, you'd think he'd have a good life, right? You'd think his things would be okay. You'd think everything would go well. Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 when he talks about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. He said, are they servants of Christ? I'm talking like a madman. I'm a better one with far more labors, many more imprisonments, far worse beatings, near death many times. And then it goes on. Five times I received 39 lashes from the Jews. Three times I was beaten by rods from the Romans. Once I was stoned by my enemies. Three times I was shipwrecked. By the way, the first time I'm shipwrecked, I'm not getting on another boat. I don't know about you, but I mean, the second time you think maybe there was a part needed to, but a third time, I don't think I'm on a boat, <laughs> uh, but he does. And then he said, I even spent a night and a day in the open sea. I mean, that's just literally floating in the ocean, not sure of when he's gonna be rescued or not. Uh, on frequent journeys, I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from his own people, dangers from the Gentiles from in the city and the open country. Basically, anywhere he was, dangers on the sea and dangers among false brother. At labor and hardship, many sleepless nights. He was hungry, he was thirsty, he was without food, he was cold, he was without clothes. Basically, not to mention the other things, there's the daily pressure on him my care for all the churches. So along with all the things that was happening, his passion for the churches and for people to know Christ was heavy on his mind. You know, there's, there's emotional distress and then there's physical distress. He had all of that. 
And for someone like this, you would think, man, he's probably at his end and there's no way he could say, God is a good God. But the cool thing about it is in verse 31, it goes on and he says this, and this is what he calls God, the eternally blessed one. The God and the Father, the Lord Jesus, knows I'm not lying. He's saying, this is what's happened to me. God is, is my witness to this. But more than that, he continues on his journey. He doesn't get off the boat after the first shipwreck like I probably would have. He continues because he knows God's goodness isn't determined by his circumstances. He knows that God has a bigger picture in mind. God has something going on that we can't always see. As we deal with the fact that in our life, there are hardships, you know, there's, there's, there's sickness and there's disease. We live in a world that's falling apart and there's natural disasters and there's struggles and there's things going on around us. Not to mention there's sin. There's people who make sinful and evil decisions that impact us. We can make those kind of decisions that impact us and our family members. And on top of all that, sometimes we just make dumb decisions. Sometimes I just do things, I'm like, well, that was dumb and it impacts me, you know? I had a friend of mine in high school, I remember this real clearly. Uh, we, were, we, were, we were sitting at the top of this big driveway and hill and you know around here what that's like. And he was, had a skateboard, he said, Kevin, I can go down this hill. I said, no, you can't. He said, yes, I can. I said, you are going to fall and hurt yourself. He said, nope, I got it. And I remember he was sitting on it. I said, look, I'm telling you what's gonna happen. At the end of the thing, there's a drop off in the driveway and then there's a curb right across there. I said, you will fall and get hurt. He said, nope, I can do this. So he proceeds to do it. Goes to the ER because he breaks an arm. You know, the idea, that was just a dumb decision. It wasn't, it was just not a good thing because it was a dumb thing he did. Sometimes we do things like that too. But God sees the big picture in our life. He sees all the things that are happening. In fact, there's really kind of two different views of that I want us to, to, to look at. The first one is called the long view. The long view is this. In the previous weeks, uh, we've talked about different characters of God. And last week, Tim talked about the eternal, uh, that God is eternal, eternal God that he, he, he operates with eternity in mind, that, that the goal is that we, we begin to see that the greatest thing that we can have in our life is a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that we can have the hope that forever we'll be able to live with God in heaven where it is good. And so for us, that is the greatest thing we can experience and know is knowing that no matter what happens on this side of heaven, we'll live forever with God. And so God has that long-term view in mind and he has that for each of us. And so the things that happen in our life often shape that relationship. There are times in my life that I think, man, I hate going through this. I wish I wouldn't go through this. I wish I could just have a nice, safe, easy, comfortable, good life all the time. I think we all agree that, that makes, we want that, we do. But the problem with that, it's when I'm hurting, when I'm dealing with hardship, when I'm struggling, those are the moments that I turn to God. Those are the moments that I reach out to him. Those are the moments that I turn to him. And it's not that God is saying, I want bad things to happen. He doesn't necessarily want bad things to happen, but God uses those tough times because life is hard, life is messy. We are going to experience hard moments. And so he uses that with that idea that God is timeless. He sees all the way down through all of eternity, through everyone's life. The second part of the big picture that he sees is the idea of the broad view. Meaning right now, here and now, things that are going on in our life are also going on in other people's lives. And God wants to use those moments for us to encourage others, 
but also there could be some times and some things we're going through that we can't really see the good. We can't see uh, what's happening. We can't see the 3D image popping out, the beautiful picture of the world. We just see the chaos. But in someone else's life that's dealing with some of the same issues we are, maybe they're coming to faith in Christ. Maybe God's doing something in their life. Maybe they're saying, hey, I see God, what you're doing. And so sometimes when bad things are going on with us, God can use that for good in others. I do think he wants to use that for good in our lives too in this moment. He wants us to begin to say, all right, God, how can you use me in that moment? How can you allow me to experience you more in this moment? How can I depend upon you more today? Because God, you're a good God. As we begin uh, to think about all these aspects, we can know that, that, you know, that, that God is playing this role in our lives where he wants us to experience him. He wants us to know him. And God is a good God. As we think about what that means, what does it really mean that God is a good God? We can begin to ask our question. I think some ways we maybe we def even define God good a little differently. Because for me, good can always mean, all right, well, I'm comfortable, I'm safe, I'm happy. You know, those things. An idea of good actually could mean something far greater. Good means that I have hope, I have peace, I have joy in the middle of hurt, that I have that hope and a future of knowing I'll be with God forever, that no matter what happens, I can trust him and know that he's got a plan for me. And some verses I, I kind of want to look at here to, to, to show the goodness of God. Really, first one uh, comes in Luke as Jesus says, no one is good but one, and that is God. Now think about that. No one is good but one, and that's God. You see, God as being good sets a standard that's so far above us. Not saying that people aren't good people in the terminology that we use. It's fine to say, hey, you're good job, or you did good, or hey, you're a good person. That's okay. But understand the standard that God is. God is, as we talked about in this series, God is, is he is omniscient, all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's, all, he's loving. He's eternal. He's able. He's sovereign. He is powerful. He is, he is the God who determines right and wrong because he is good. God is the one above all and worthy to be praised. He is that God. And he sets the standard for what is good and we can't compare to that. We fall short of that. 1 John 1.5 says, God is light and there's absolutely no darkness in him. You see, for God, he is light. He reflects only light and only goodness and only holiness and righteousness. God is good. And we're not. I know in my life, there are times where I, I care more about me than others. There are times where in my house, I, I reflect my selfishness and my pride with my family. And I don't always say things in the most loving way or I don't always do things. There's darkness in me. The great thing about it is because of what Christ has done on the cross, I can trust in him and know that, that my sin is put on the cross with Christ. And when God sees me, he sees Christ because I've placed my faith and trust in what Jesus has done. And that's the difference. It's not that I'm not gonna ever sin again. It's not that I'm not gonna have darkness in me. It's that now the light of God is so much bigger than the darkness. And God doesn't reflect any darkness in anything at all. His goodness and standard is perfection. And we'll never meet that. A couple other verses from Psalms. Uh, Psalm 105 says, for Yahweh is good and his love is eternal. His faithfulness endures through all generations. Uh, he is the one who is eternal. His faithfulness continues. No matter what happens in my circumstances, God's faithfulness doesn't change. He's an unchanging God. 
Sometimes it feels like that though, doesn't it? Sometimes it feels like, wait a minute, God, if you're faithful, why am I going through this hard time? But he is faithful to be there, to walk you through every hard moment, to be your strength, as it talked about in Nahum, to be the stronghold in your life. Psalm 136.1 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love is eternal. He is good. He is eternal. For us, this idea and concept of, of, of looking at God as good, it kind of reminds me of how I, I want my sons to view my love for them. The, when they were, since ever since they were little, I always like to use the phrase, hey, does your daddy love you more when you're good or when you're bad? And the response is, my love for them doesn't change no matter what their behavior is or how they act. I will always love them. That is constant. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. When they are bad or they don't do what I think they should do, it doesn't make life happy all the time. <laughs> I'm not excited about that. But the reality of it is, is that my love never changes for them regardless of what they may ever do. I will always love them because they are my sons. And I believe that's the way God looks at us. He looks at us in that mindset of saying that, yes, we are gonna have moments and times when we shift or we turn or we, we, we maybe we, we stiff arm God or we, we don't look to him or maybe we're distant. Don't let that ever change the fact that God is an eternal loving God who is good and will always be faithful in you every moment of the day, even when we turn our head. All he's doing is waiting for us to take refuge back in him, to seek him, to walk in that. And he wants to wrap his arms around us and walk us through those hard moments, walk us through those tough days. As we begin to do that, our, our, our life begins to see a different perspective. And it, it begins to shape the way we really see things. And we begin to get this idea and understanding and, and know that, that, that if we have a, the perspective of God, that he is good regardless of our circumstances, then it begins to shape the way we see things. And there's three areas that I want us to begin to look at on how uh, our view can be shaped because God's uh, goodness is not determined by our circumstances. The first way is it, it shapes the way we see Jesus shapes the way we see Jesus. You see, when we recognize that God is good and we are not, that God, God is a good God who will punish sin. God is a good God who also uh, will, we can take refuge in. We can see the beautiful picture of God sending Jesus to earth to live a perfect life, to stand in our place. So when God says, Kevin, why shall I let you in the heaven? My answer is you shouldn't, I'm sinful. I don't deserve it. There's nothing that I've done. I haven't been good enough. I can't meet that standard. But God, I'm gonna trust in what Jesus has done. I'm gonna trust in that Jesus lived a perfect life and that you would take what he's done on the cross in my place. And God says, yes. You see, my goodness does not determine my, my, my um, restoration with God. My restoration, my restoration with God is determined by his goodness. I'm saved because God is good, not because I am good. So then later on when I'm struggling, and when maybe I'm being selfish and prideful and kind of turning my own way, and I think to myself, well, maybe I'm not going to heaven now. I can say, wait a minute. What was the reason why I was first accepted by God? It's because he is good. And so when I'm struggling, as long as, what I wanna make sure I understand is that my faith in Christ doesn't change. I can be, I can be living in a way that maybe I'm struggling or maybe I step back a little bit. 
that doesn't keep me from the eternal hope of God. What that does is it hurts my relationship with God as far as today, but my standing with God remains forever constant because God is good. And I'm not saved because God, I am good. It's because of what Jesus has done on the cross. So that should shape the way we see Jesus. And Jesus is the one who has died in our place. We put our trust in him and we can trust in him. And I wanna encourage you today that if you're thinking to yourself, I wanna make sure that I have that same hope of living forever with God, that you would just begin to, to ask yourself that. And then if you, you do, I'd love to encourage you to write down on uh, the tariff panel or go see someone at Next Steps and say, I wanna have a conversation to make sure that I understand and know that my faith is in Christ. The second way this shapes us is it shapes the way we see life, shapes the way we see our life. For us, our life can be viewed, if we view our life as that good things will happen if I'm good and bad things will happen if I'm bad, and God is a punisher of that, basically a police officer up there or someone, a judge, is always pointing fingers at us, we miss out. What we need to begin to understand is that God's love is eternal and he loves us desperately. He wants us to experience a life with him. He wants what's best for us. The problem is our view of what's best in his view sometimes is skewed just a little bit. Sometimes I think what's best for me is not what he actually sees. Sometimes I don't see the best as I'm going through a hard time. Sometimes I don't see the best when things aren't working out the way I want. Sometimes I don't see the best in that. But what I can know is that, that just because I'm going through a hard time doesn't mean God's not doing good things in my life and helping me grow in my life with him. And so for me, what I want to do is now be thankful in all circumstances it talks about in Thessalonians. There was a, when I was uh, in, in college, I also worked for a church in Pennsylvania. It was a summer internship and they kind of said, hey, Kevin, run our student ministry. I'm like, all right, great, I'll do that. And so we got in there and I just, it was a great time of learning. But the one thing about this, this, uh, pastor that I love so much was that he always responded to a question, a question that we all get every single day, pretty much of our lives in a way that I'd not heard before. And the question is, how are you doing? And he always responded with, I am thankful. I'm thankful. Now there were times when he'd be sick and I'd hear him say, I'm really not feeling well today, but I'm thankful. Or man, I'm going through a really tough time this, today, but I'm thankful. And, and I love that because I've used that many times in my life. And if you ever go to a, a checkout counter and someone's asked you, how, how are you doing today? And I've responded with, well, I'm thankful. It always gets kind of a head turn. Wait, what? Why are you thankful? Gives me an opportunity to say, I'm thankful because I know that God is faithful in all things. I'm thankful because today, even though I'm going through a really hard time, I can trust to know that God loves me. And it gives me an opportunity to share about what God is doing in my life with other people. And it begins to shape that. As I, I look at a quote, we was kind of thinking about this whole idea of how it shapes our, the way we see life. There's a, um, a quote that we, we put up on our wall for Christmas. We got a picture and it, and it says this. It says, never let the things we want make us forget the things we have. Never let the things we want forget the things we have. If we begin to shape our life around that idea and that concept, that if I'm always wanting more, wanting more, wanting more, I'll find myself struggling. If I only, always want God to do this or to do that or my life to be, I'm gonna be struggling. But I can always find every single day something to be thankful for. Every day I wake up, I have a choice. There's things I can be thankful for and things I can complain about. Every day, I wanna choose to be thankful. 
So I encourage you as, as people ask you, how are you doing? Respond with that, I'm thankful. Imagine if we all did that, the whole town around Morgantown would be like, what's going on here? Everybody's thankful. Be pretty cool. Third area is it shapes the way we pray. Shapes the way we pray. Knowing that God is good, regardless of the circumstances that I have in my life, it'll shape the way that I pray. Because my natural tendency is to always pray, God, fix this situation, make this better, get me out of this, I wanna be comfortable, I don't wanna feel this pain, I don't wanna do that. That's the shapes a lot of our prayer. That's our natural tendency. God, just get me out of this situation and move me past. But if we understand that God is good, regardless of everything, we stop and see God sees the big picture. He has the long view, the broad view. He sees what's happening in multiple multiple people's lives around us and the eternal perspective in mind. And so now when I'm going through a difficult time, I stop and I pray, God, help me see in this moment, in this time, what you're doing. Help me see this, I'm going through a hard time. What can I learn from this to help me in the future? You see, God also knows what I'm gonna deal with two years from now and five years from now and 10 years from now. He understands that. And I know that if, if in this moment today, I'm dealing with the hardship, the struggle, the pain now, and I'm seeing him working that, then when I face something later, I'm able to handle that a little bit better. When I don't, sometimes the same thing maybe repeats. You ever find yourself getting stuck in the same thing and you wanna just get through it? Maybe we haven't learned a lesson yet in that. Maybe we haven't figured out what God wants to show us in that yet. And the other aspect of praying really comes to this understanding of God, who do you want me to influence today? Who do you want to be, me to, to impact? There's a leader uh, at a church, one of my uh, leaders I had that I was uh, working with that came to me one day and said, Kevin, I'm really struggling. Really struggling with finding my purpose and, and trying to figure out what's going, what God, how God's using me. So I see you influencing a lot of people. I see some other people that they're influencing a bunch of different people and, and all these people have all these things they're doing and I love God, but I don't see my life really impacting a lot of people. I stopped and said, well, tell me a little bit about where you work. He said, well, I work in the basement of an office and in that basement, there's only two other people in the room. And so there's really not a lot of people I interact with throughout the day. We hardly see anybody else. And I stopped and said, let me ask you a question. Do those two people that you see every day need to hear more about God? He said, well, yeah. I said, here's the deal. God has uniquely placed you with those two people. You have the the best opportunity to impact and encourage those two people for Christ more than anyone else. I'll never get that privilege and honor of being able to encourage those two people like you can. You see, God cares about the one as much as the 99. So wherever God has placed you and whatever it is, God can use you to help encourage others, whether it's one, a hundred or a thousand. God cares about all of us and every one of us. And so as we begin to pray to say, God, who in my circle of influence, whether it's one or a hundred people, can I encourage in their relationship with Christ? In just a moment here, we're gonna be uh, uh, having a, a song that I want us to, to listen to. And, and as you listen to it, I wanna encourage you to really pray over these three things. And as we begin to pray, I wanna encourage you to pray first and foremost that, Lord God, I pray that, that uh, do I have a relationship with you based upon your goodness and not mine? Am I trusting in what Jesus Christ has done on the cross 
as my restoration to you or I'm trusting in my own works in my own way. The second area to really spend time praying about is your life. God, help me to have a perspective about my life and about who you are and knowing that God, you do care about what's best for my life. And pray that God help me to be thankful and focus on what I have rather than just what I want. The third area I wanna encourage you to pray as you're sitting here is God help me to see what's happening in my life and how you can use that for good to encourage others or to grow in the way that I, I love others and the way that I live for you. And God help me to be someone who can influence and encourage the circle of people you've uniquely placed me with. So as this song is playing, I wanna encourage you to take time to pray over these three things and then I'm gonna come back out and close this off with, a, with another thought. So let's take a moment and pray through this. When peace is like a river rushing my way when troubles like an ocean wave after wave it is well I don't know all the answers but I know that you are good and you are always faithful no matter how it looks it is well it is well with my soul it is well through the highs and lows you're on my side you're for me i know it is well with my soul your spirit's my assurance trials may come I'm holding to the promise that you've already won it is well and all my sin and shame I bear it no more it's nailed to the cross forever I am
So today, when we see in our life that maybe it's messy, maybe there's chaos, maybe there's struggle, maybe there's hurt, maybe it doesn't make sense, maybe we don't know our purpose, all those things going on, is it well? Are we trusting in God because we believe He's good or just because good things are happening? Are we struggling in our relationship with God because we don't think He's good, because we haven't trusted in Him in that? No matter where you're at today, know that God wants to be that refuge for you. He wants to, to wrap His arms around you. His love is eternal. He is an eternal God. And He loves you so much much. Now, for me, I know that uh, I think about the Magic Eye poster, I'm reminded of my father, and my father passed away a couple years ago. Uh, still have his pictures on my wall. No part of me will say that was good. But what I can say is that God is still good. My life doesn't have to work out the way I want or how I feel or what I think is always best for me to say that. So as we go through the today and we think about this idea, are we focused on the chaos and the blur of what life is bringing us? Are we focused on the beautiful picture of what God wants to do in our lives that pops out when we focus on Him and trust in Him? Today, I hope you're encouraged to say, you know what? God, you are good. And when you struggle with this next week and next month, quickly be reminded to get back to that. Wait a minute, I don't wanna question God, you're good. My life maybe doesn't feel good, but I don't wanna question that because really when we get to get through the hardships, we need God. And blaming God does not help us move forward. It hurts us. Trusting in Him helps us move forward and having that hope of a future with Him. And we can say, God is good and His goodness isn't determined by my circumstances. Let's pray. Dear Father, God, thank you so much for every person that's here, Lord. I, I don't know what's going through every person's life, but you do. You know the hurt, the pain, the struggle. You know all the things that's going on. You know the good things too and the exciting things. God, I pray that you would be the constant, faithful, eternal God in each of our lives, regardless of whether circumstances feel fantastic and amazing or whether we're struggling in their heart, that you would remain constant because, Lord God, we know you are not a changing God. You are unchanging. And you will always respond with perfection and holiness and righteousness in every situation. Let us begin to trust in you in those hard moments. We thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.